In the heart of the state of the art, at the dawn of the next stage in entertainment, you found no proscenium. found no proscenium the voice of everything immersive i'm your host noah nelson and welcome to episode 422 of our ongoing exploration of the immersive cosmos and the first podcast episode of our 10th anniversary year here at no pro this week we're very happy to have eric garcia and kat cole co-directors of San Francisco's Detour, here to talk about what they have on tap for the first half of the year, including The Twilight Aristocracy, a workshop production coming up in March of a companion piece to last year's hit, We Build Houses Here, and the devised theater and drag workshop series that the company is running this month. We'll have all that in a moment, but first, speaking of this month, to celebrate our 10th anniversary, we're holding meetups in New York City and L.A. on the same night, January 29th at the Cell Theater in Manhattan and at the Roguelike Tavern in Burbank. Tickets for both will be pay what you can, and we strongly encourage RSVPs for both venues in the form of those tickets because we hit capacity on our last round of meetups. Those tickets are available right now. Check the show notes for links. You'll also find me this weekend at Worlds in Play, the gathering at Arizona State University's Mix Center in Mesa this weekend. I just said this weekend twice. Three times. That's the event that Scarlett Kim announced at our last meetup in L.A. back in October. What will get announced at this meetup? Swing through and find out. No pro backers get first crack at tickets to these things and access to our Discord where you can connect with fans and creators, including those who are attending Worlds in Play and who are at last year's Immersive Immersive in Denver, the next stage in LA, and at SummerSlam. Oh wait, sorry. Uh, wrong universe. Head over to patreon.com slash no for the hookup. As always, big thanks to our sustaining backers, Samuel Mystery, Chris Woolman, Samantha Davison, Eric Shamlin, Elaine, Daryl, John Bullett, Cameo Wood, Jay Bushman, Jerome Joseph Gentes, Kurt Collins, Ryan, David Bassick, Richard Ayers, Lonnie Hanson, Lecker Lacool, the Ministry of Peculiarities, and Jan Budman. Thank you all. And hey, if you... We're always on the lookout for community partners who are up for working out special deals for our backers. Hit me up at Noah at noprosinium.com for details and let's get you into WrestleMania. Wait, again, wrong universe. All right. Well, I'm going to recalibrate my AWE matrix here, but let's check out what's going on in San Francisco this month and in March with our friends at Detour. <laughs> Joining us today are Erica Garcia and Kat Cole, co-directors of Detour, the San Francisco-based performing arts company whose website says everything you need at a glance in big, bold letters. Devised theater, dance, drag, immersive. 
In 2023, they brought us We Build Houses Here, and this March, they will be workshopping a new production, The Twilight Aristocracy. This month, January, for those who are listening at some other point in history, January 2024, uh, the company is offering a series of workshops on devised theater and drag performance. We're going to talk to them about all of this. Kat and Eric, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having us, Noah. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Very, very, very happy to have you both. Uh, Parker is already ecstatic beyond. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and it's probably blushing now that I called Parker out. Uh, we love Parker. <laughs> doubled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Parker's dying of embarrassment at this very moment, probably at the new job. So um, they're still working with us. They, just, they also have a new job. Uh, so before we get into the bulk of the interview, Kat, we've been graced by Eric's presence before on the show, but this is your first time here. So uh, tell us a bit about you and your road to being part of Detour. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. I Well, Eric and I met in college, actually. Um, and that's been how long has it been, Eric? I can't Since count. Since two thousand nine. Yeah, two thousand nine. So Eric jokes in a good way that we are each other's longest relationship, so to speak. <laughs> um, arts collaborators since two thousand nine, and I think you know for, we were both students at University of San Francisco, and I, um, you know, was interested in the performing arts. I was in a public high school in Hawaii that was performing arts centered and I was the the actor in the musical theater who couldn't sing but who could say lines and so I would do that and got into dance through that and um you know kind of fell into into the USF performing arts and social justice program um which you know at the time was a minor for me and and I think I really got into the dance program there. Um, I think specifically because it had a devised theater approach, mm. and that was something really new to me. You know, previously my assumptions of dance specifically was kind of repertoire, ballet background kind of thing, and and for me as someone who I have a deformed left foot. I, you know, I, I can't do ballet, quite frankly speaking. Um, and that was never accessible to me. So there was something about the devised theater aspect of the program at USF through dance that actually made it feel like, oh, I can have a voice in this. I can cultivate, you know, whatever artistic um, practice that I want. And it doesn't have to fit a certain um, kind of standard, so to speak. And so that's really what drew me into performance at that at that age. And that's where, you know, me and Eric met. We kind of, I saw him do a solo piece. He saw me do a solo piece. We were both like, oh, who's that person from across the room? Um, and, you know, we're kind of match made by our, by our um, professor at the department, Amy Dowling, who, who has a practice going back to Liz Lerman and kind of is from that lineage of, of creating um, dance and community-based performance. And so she kind of match made us together. And um, Eric and I have been making pieces, you know, works together since then. And I think the immersive element 
kind of came up for us within the last five or six years um, and kind of grew just out of our own growth personally as human beings in this world trying to make an impact and as our interests um, progressed and and yeah we've been kind of experimenting with that form uh, since our really our first production back in 2017. I'll, I'll dig, I think I'll dig really deep at, later when we're talking about the, the devised workshop about like, you know, what's, what you've brought from forward from your USF days. Um, but before, before we, we, we go into that section, which I think is going to be where we spend a lot of time to serve everyone's listening, we're going to get not academic nerdy, but practicinium nerdy. Um, uh, Eric, I take it really build houses here was enough of a success for you that you're back at the immersive grind again. So what's cooking with the twilight aristocracy and this workshop process you're doing with it? Yeah, Lord have mercy. I am, I'm still glowing from we build houses here. It was um, such a beautiful project and process. And I mean, the ego stroke of sold out run is just, I mean, a drag queen wants nothing more. So I'm, I'm just like still glowing from that whole project. Um, and as Kat and I were thinking of like what the next project was, we were, you know, the, a lot was sort of like floating up in the air. Is it remounting? We build houses here. Is it trying to find a building to build a new show in? Is it, workshopping. So there was a lot of things that we were chatting about and for a variety of reasons, um, the, the workshopping of a new piece sort of made the most sense. Um, and we were like, okay, what would make most sense energetically and financially in this limited amount of time? Cause as a reminder, we built houses here took about a year and a half to make. And at this point, if we wanted to have a show happen in the spring, we were already behind. <laughs> so it was like, okay, so like with this limited amount of time, what what's possible? And so it really began with this idea of like, okay, with this, with these limited resources and limited time, um, let's take We Build Houses Here as a starting place and let's build the, the prelude to We Build Houses Here. So the Twilight Aristocracy, as of now, which doesn't exist yet. We're, we're going to be starting rehearsals very soon. Um, the idea is, is that it's a secret society of queers and we have a meeting space, which is at the General's residence at Fort Mason Center for Arts and Culture in San Francisco. And um, folks that are coming to this show um, are a part of our secret society. And the, the meeting is a somewhat of a goodbye party because the secret society found an island not far from SF that looks identical to SF, but it's a little better, a little more utopic. Um, little do we know that we will get shipwrecked <laughs> en route to this island. Um, but the idea is that this whole show is the, the, the scheming up of this, this uh, escape to a better place through this, like, the inner workings of this, like, clandestine operation with a bunch of, like, queer, self-determined elites. Um, 
So yeah, that's the, that's the beginnings of the ideas that we're playing with now, which, and the building itself, like I said, is at the General's residence, which is like a three story mansion in the Fort Mason center. And it is just, there's so much character. I mean, it's night and day from building a show in a nightclub at Oasis in Soma. And now we're in this like extremely historic old building with so many rooms and nooks and crannies. And it's, it's really, really special. Are, are they being hella precious with what you can and can't do in this space? Cause I know sometimes as historic, you know, it, it, it can be like, Oh, all the furnitures, you know, like, you know, we've, we, picked it out special so no one touch it or or is it a space that you're really getting a chance to play with i mean i'm not gonna tear apart the walls or anything like that <laughs> yeah no um we love fort mason they're they're being really amazing and <laughs> they've been really clear with us that the um that the space is like a historically preserved site and it's like owned by the national park services and they have, I don't know if this was for us specifically, but I giggled when I got the contract, there's a little line item in the, in the many page contract that's bold and italicized and it says no glitter. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> Calm down. You probably need to put that like into the ticket too. Like, I, yeah, there's, there's a friend that's of mine. A great who, like, point. Yeah. Any, there's a friend of mine. Anytime I'm, I'm like within five feet of her, I know I'm going to be like glittered. Yeah. So uh, I just, I just accept that. Um, it's funny that they did a production of Fefu and her friends here in LA at the Hollyhock House, which uh-huh. is like a Frank Lloyd Wright. It's actually a UNESCO heritage site. Like oh, wow. it's been deemed that. And so we had to wear little booties, like those little crime scene booties. We had to oh, put yeah. them on oh, yeah. our shoes to like walk around it. So like I've I've been where it's been like, no, really, <laughs> don't don't yeah. don't get your filthy outside dirt on our yeah. precious heritage site. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's also wonderful. I mean, there's no, there's nothing like getting to be in one of those spaces as either an audience member or an artist because they just they talk. Right. You mm-hmm. know, they, they start suggesting things to you in a real way. So that's, yeah. that's mm-hmm. super exciting. Yeah. We're super excited to be there. So you've got a series of workshops coming up this month, like I said, the top, and it culminates in a two day devising immersive theater workshop that both of you are facilitating. Kat, I wonder if you could tell us about the bones of this one. And then from there, I'm just going to start peppering you both questions. Yeah, for sure. So Eric and I are leading, as you said, a a workshop in devising a scene. Um, And it's over the course of two days, I think six, six hours each day. And, you know, we had a we had a kind of creative consultation with me and Eric and two of our company members who are part of houses and who will be there to kind of help us facilitate. And it was yeah, it was just great to both feel like there's so much that we could share and that also doesn't fit in just, you know, just 12 hours. And so how do we how do we structure all of that? And I think where and to also preface, I think to Eric, you can correct me if, if this has changed, but a lot of the folks who are coming to our workshop, um, I think by nature of us, you know, being really tied to the dance world. A lot of folks are dancers too coming in. Maybe it's their first time 
learning about immersive theater practices. Um, so I think it was geared towards like a really kind of 101 a bit in into theater a bit as well as you know immersive practices. Um, and so the first kind of the first day is more around like the structure of a scene, you know, not necessarily thinking about it in a 360 environment yet, not really thinking about the environment quite yet, but just how to create a scene um, with other tools that might not just be like starting with movement or with improvisation, which a lot of us as dancers can go to first when making something. So we're talking about like crescendos, like building a crescendo in a scene, a beginning and middle and end, and how you come in with that or how to enter a scene with, you know, a certain mindset or assumption about a person and how does that change in your interaction? How do you exit the scene? Thinking about entrances and exits. So really kind of just like tools just for scene making in general. Um, and also giving us time to share feedback with each other around what worked and what didn't, which I think the work that the, the workshop is trying to model how we build collectively as an ensemble when we're working on scenes. And that was something super integral that I experienced as a performer in houses is that, you know, it's not all just Eric, not all of us leaning on Eric to create the vision, to, to create the beats for us, to give us all the feedback. We were working as an ensemble to just to lean on each other's expertise for what worked. And so having a lot of space, we, we want to have a lot of space in the workshop itself for the participants of the workshop to also share, hey, this is what worked for me, or here's an idea, you know, and that being simply put, like really non-hierarchical about who can offer feedback, right? And that it can be a collective, a collective process. So that's kind of day one in a very short nutshell. And then um, day two is then, okay, how do we, you know, think about it now in, a, in an immersive context? So thinking about different levels of engagement with the audience, um, you know, how do you want to set up the environment for them, for their experience? Um, what is like the event that you would like to happen into interaction with an audience? How do you think about the environment? So, you know, it, that, that's again, a lot to put into day two. Um, and we're still kind of in the, in the process of like figuring out how to exactly break that up. But we're thinking about, yeah, gaze, um, you know, even just gaze or how you look at an audience member as like a first connection. Mm. Um, and, you know, even just that as a preliminary interaction, even before you, you know, build up to, to maybe offering your hand or offering to move them to be, to move into a different space with them. But, you know, really trying to think of like these really the, the smaller moments of engagement that can then build trust with an audience, um, and yeah. trying to introduce that idea. I love that. Cause like. Oftentimes when we're talking about this stuff, we'll talk about like thresholds and like, you know, the magic circle and, you know, onboarding the audience, you know, and, and, and there's so many different forms of immersive, right? So like there's, there can be like sort of the sandbox sort of the audience is kind of a ghostly presence moving through and then there's others where the audience is the protagonist. So then the first thing is just figuring out, okay, like how, how deep, how much control, how much agency are they going to have? 
But then I think back to my own, like the thing that made me fall in love with the form was, you know, a little moment in Then She Fell, uh, you know, Third Rail's piece, which I, and I know you both know Third Rail and have, have worked with folks from mm-hmm. them, um, of just being invited to the tea party in that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a look, it's a word, it's, 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 you know, that, that little tiny moment or just someone catching your eye or like, yeah, those, those little buildup points that suggest there could be something more that also gives the, the performers a chance to read the audience and figure out, Oh, does this person want to play or not? Or is this person like just kind of closed off? And it's like, okay, we don't, we'll find someone else to play with. You, you want, you don't want, you don't want to be pulled in. So I love, I love focusing on that. That's really where, where, who are you borrowing from for, for all of this? Cause you've got, you've got the USF practice. You've, you've, you've played around with the folks from third rail. You have what you've got out of your own company in terms of devising this work. Like, I'm, I'm sure the answer is like all of it, but like, what do you find yourself leaning on in terms of elements of the practice here uh, as you're trying to find a way to introduce these concepts to people in, in that kind of workshop class format? Definitely. There's, there's a few things that come to mind. I mean, <clears throat> to sort of back up Kat's sort of uh, breakdown of, of the, the two days, there's something about, there's something seemingly daunting around how do you codify or how do you teach or share tools around this like extremely dynamic experience where there's so much at play. Um, you could be, you could have everything memorized perfectly. And then it takes one audience member doing something that you did not plan for. And you're like, cool, there goes everything out the window. So how do you teach reactivity? How do you teach, you know, that sort of like improvisation? How do you teach, um, the intuition to like trust the roadblocks that you've built in a scene? That kind of stuff is really hard, but I'm a stubborn person. And I feel like there are actual like um tools there are there are specific like things inside of the craft that can anchor um some choice making and i feel like a lot of those tools that i've developed as a director really lie in the like the cock method of like physical theater um we trained detour brought on emmanuel del pesh from pig iron theater in philadelphia um who is an expert in physical theater and clowning um, and and device theater. And so she talks a lot about, like, like Kat was saying, there's a lot in there around touch and gaze and tension and proximity. Um, these, like, really basic things that you can actually exercise and try out in a workshop setting. So then you're like, oh, this is what, like, degree, like the degrees of intensity are with touch and gaze and tension and how that might impact the objective of my scene. Um, so it feels like we reference a lot of what Pig Iron does with Lecoq. We're going to be training actually in, in a month with Del Arte um, up in Northern California. They're coming down yeah. to SF to train with us. And they're another prime example of like a group that really centers ensemble creators. Um, they do a lot of mask work, right? Comedia Del Arte. Um, so if the face is neutralized, 
how does the body express? And I feel like there's so much, I think that's why dancers really gravitate towards immersive theater because there is so much body knowledge and people are clocking that, whether they're conscious of it or not, they're clocking the signals that the performer is doing with their body. And it takes a really intelligent performer to be that aware of what their body is telling the audience to do. Um, Mm. So I feel like there's a lot of stuff in there that is is that can be broken down um, in this sort of like, um, hey, let's bring your body to a level zero tension. Okay, now bring it to a seven, right? And then to Kat's point, and then how do you make that immersive? So like, how does the environment around you start to match that? Um, how do you try to bring the environment in that same um, consideration? I think that's where it starts to go into this immersive um, place. The other, some of the other like, points of reference that we have I feel like I've just been such a nerd about frantic assembly in the UK I feel like there's such a a, I I associate them with like when I was graduating college like I have their books they do such incredible physical theater um and I and they have a really beautiful pedagogy around creating work as an ensemble some of it now to me is it feels um really uh, proscenium heavy like it mm. is really geared towards a stage and so part of me is like some of these things I'm, are, are, don't resonate as much anymore but as far as like an ensemble skill building um, they have like incredible resources for how to like get a group working together and how to be like okay you want to make a show about this idea there's a bajillion ways you can go about it so here are some like things that you can shoot that idea through physically to get your ideas pumping as a group and how to like split up a room of people to be like, all right, you five groups now generate scenes and let's see what happens. And so I feel like frantic assembly has a lot of amazing um, resources out there that I tap into. I'm like taking notes on cards and just (laughs) like, like this is, this is this is like fantastic. It's like this is a little seminar that that I've tricked you both into like giving me. We will send you an invoice after this for the no. Feed. I'll send you a marketing invoice. Don't right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> the exact same amount. Invoices in the night. So yeah. um, the invoice is a ticket to the show. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, I. Oh, wow. I. I hope I can. I can get my butt up there like uh travel situation is interesting right now but uh right now i'll i'll go on the record this is not just me like you know blowing smoke like if i could if i could for this like six month if i could pick one thing that i could definitely like run off and go do under my own power it'd be to like catch this workshop uh production y'all are doing because you know parker was so over the moon uh with we build houses here and just just seeing from the start of how y'all were talking about the work, like, you know, it, it just got my spider senses tingling. Like I, I, I knew there's like a thought and a care to the practice and a, and a granularity uh, because, you know, there's, there's a lot of folks who take stabs at doing immersive work and sometimes it, it winds up being kind of like when people are trying to, make like a a team lab art installation when all they've seen is like Instagram photos of a team lab art installation. And so they're like, Oh yeah, we can do this. Someone told me how sleep no more is. And you're like, Oh, 
yeah, it's not the same. And then, but to hear one of the reasons why I'd say this feels like a seminar is like, you know, you're dropping some names and I'm like, wait a second. Like that's familiar. Oh, right. This is what so-and-so said. I was literally like checking. It's like all, Oh, Liz Lerman. Uh, wasn't that what Shannon sent me something from there? Like, is she at ASU right now where I'm about to go visit? So that little part of my brain is like clicking together and it starts to feel like, oh yeah, there's this order to Mm -hmm. this universe that is often kind of obscured to everyone. Even everyone who's inside the practice, like just don't know where all the lineages are coming to. Mm -hmm. And, and, Mm -hmm. and y'all are working out on this edge and, and managing to kind of, smelt things like forge things together um that's not really a question it's just in, in this observation <laughs> yeah um, it it was what eric was saying too it's something that i it's not codified for me yet but i was interested in this question as we were building houses mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that um, we were, you know, for that, one of our, one of the contributing directors was Cornelius, who comes from the drag world and theater and was so interested in kind of, I think Cornelius is really working in interesting ways to kind of codify what drag does, what that offers. And, you know, Eric and I both also being in that world and I've just been kind of evaluating like, yeah, how drag has challenged and made me grow as a performer as a responsive performer as a performer attuned to what the audience is giving me to what what the audience might be down to do with me in the moment and i haven't Mm. decided i haven't like preordained what that is you know but i think there's something about that practice too that feels exciting to continue exploring especially with yeah with the community of artists that we get to you know have the have the benefit of being with who also some of them come from a drag practice and and i feel like there is some some um oh my gosh overlap but some kind of feeding of each other within immersive world and drag that i feel like that's where i come come in sometimes with it and and you know there isn't like formality to the practice yet or a way to like teach that in a sense but it's just an exciting edge for me to continue thinking about as we kind of keep going down both of those worlds. Janine from Third Rail, um, Janine Willett, is an angel. She came over to SF and, and led us in a workshop, as you mentioned earlier, Noah. Um, and she shared this idea that really stuck with me. And it was this idea that in um, maybe more proscenium style work, the artist and their ego is the thing. That's mm-hmm. the thing we have to care about. Um, if they're not feeling the performance, we don't feel the performance. Um, in immersive worlds, um, the audience's ego has to be the thing. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the craft and the design that goes into a scene, you have to, she, she talked about like, I may be putting words in her mouth, but it was like death to the like artist's ego, basically. It's like, that is like, you can't, that can't be the thing that drives a scene is like, mm-hmm. is my whole scene going to be witnessed? Is it entertaining? Is it like, am I looking good doing this? Is it interesting? Like all of that stuff doesn't matter yeah. if the audience isn't with you. And to Kat's point, it feels like that, like drag has this like, like without having 
named it prior to this, like there are things baked into that art form that are more in line with that, where it's like, yes, at surface level, it's like, I'm a beautiful, I got dolled up. I'm, I'm asking for affirmation, like on surface level, there is that ego. Right. But beyond that, like the engagement that happens on stage is so different. It's like so directional with the audience. Mm -hmm. It's it's intimate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So there's like the rules of engagement are so different and it really informs how you then move forward in that number or in that, on that stage. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's what I feel like is so like, I'm like, what are those things? Like, how can you like take those lessons and then infuse that into something that is more dance-based or text-based that has like if you think about like what a dancer has to do when they memorize choreography and there's a bunch of people on the other side of the room, they're like, okay, like execute this thing and I'm going to put in all of my like dance class training into making sure that this looks impeccable and interesting. Um, and I'm going to make sure that I feel something and I'm clear on my journey inside of this, this series of steps versus like, okay, there's like, I'm at a table and there's like four strangers sitting at this table with me and we're about to have a seance. So what do I have to do to get this audience on board with me versus me having like a full blown like moment and they're just like watching me and not engaged. So it mm-hmm. feels like there's just like, I mentioned this before, but it feels just like the, the, the tools are infinite there. The research is infinite there. Um, and that that's, I feel like drag is that like really beautiful bridge where it's like, whether we, whether we knew it or not, there's some stuff in there that we're mining. So one of the things about drag is when it comes to like, you know, the, 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 the wattage of the performance, it like starts at a level that is like sort of beyond where, you know, even like mm-hmm. the, the biggest traditional theatrical might go. And then, so where does, where does it else have to go except back into like something more intimate and into connecting, mm-hmm. right? It's taken as a giving. Yeah, this is going to be a spectacle. But if but what's beyond spectacle, right? So that's that's really kind of fascinating that like it, it starts to like cycle into these, you know, more interactive, more responsive. Like cat, you 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 said you responsive, and like that was such that's a little bells off in in my mind about just way to like think of what is a performer doing in the space right responding and and all all the relational things that have to happen and then and eric when you were talking about the dance performance i was thinking about you know yeah for a lot of choreographers it's like can i get their lines right like how geometric is this or like or they're thinking in terms of like you know relationships between the the dancers and how that's creating shapes and 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 you know proximity you know like vibes but then opening it out to the audience and how are they part of that web of of physical relationships until things are completely decentered, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the the artist ego can't be involved because every ego is being lit up all over the mm-hmm. room. Right? Something that's also really fun to think about too, and like that it's hard it's hard to overlook is like within five seconds, a drag performer wins like the second the curtain opens everyone is clapping for them like everyone is 100 percent with them captive audience yeah the effort to like get an audience with you is virtually none it's like Mm -hmm. by by Mm -hmm. virtue of the curtain opening i have you eating out of the palm of my hand versus 
in dance performance to get somebody to clap for you or to if you were to break the fourth wall it like it's cringy it's like oh god ugh. you know oh, yeah. so like a drag <laughs> performer like once the curtain opens you have earned so much trust for whatever freaking reason that's just the rules of that space and so there's so much power in that and there's it's like it's really uh it's really curious to me. I'm like, why is that the case? That the second a performer, a drag performer walks out, you, you're you already granted all of these permissions within reason, right? Like that you can like squat down and reach your hand out and someone's going to give you a dollar or someone's like wants to jump on stage with you and dance with you. Like that does not, you're not afforded that in a lot of other spaces. So like, what what is that? That's very curious to me. And I, and I love trying to like fold that into our like more quote unquote contemporary, you know, like our immersive productions that you have to buy a ticket to, you know, that kind of, that kind of um, culture setting feels really fascinating and really effective for getting people on board. You talked a little bit about who's coming to the workshop, to this one. And, and, and maybe just, I also want to think about to all of the workshops that you're putting on for this month, uh, you know, who you're seeing coming, what it's sort of telling you about the state of the performing arts community in San Francisco at the moment. Because from from the outside of SF looking in, like, you know, I'm from the Bay. The Bay looms large in my imagination, I think, over the in terms of the cultural impact that San Francisco has uh, across a couple of different spheres. It still has this outside impact compared to like how actually big the bay area is and other times i look in and i'm like is anything really happening there and and one of the things that's been exciting about watching your company pop up on the immersive radar has been like oh yeah like things are things are happening in the bay again in a real way and and not just from you know the the burning man set right like it's like we can reliably expect that there's immersive stuff happening in the burning man set but then there's other parts of the bay that are kind of lining up so how do things look um, in terms of the creative community in, in in the Bay right now, at least from the perspective that you have of who's who's coming through and who's showing interest in in the workshops you're putting on, I'll say that with this workshop intensive series, this is our first time offering anything like this. Um, and I was talking to Kat a couple of days ago. I'm just like so floored at the response. Like I was expecting a small handful of folks to be interested in this, but we have over 65 folks that have reached out and have signed up for this intensive series. And I'm just like, whoa, like so exciting. And the, the range of folks, there's four workshops over five days. There's writing for device theater with Brian Thorstensen. There's drag makeup with mud, the two spirit there's drag performance and stage presence and choice making as a drag artist with Lisa Frankenstein and then Kat and I are doing the two-day devising immersive theater workshop. And so the the range of folks is exactly what we want. It's exactly who we're trying to cultivate in our in our performance spaces, in our workshops. Um, so the majority of people I would say are like either drag artists that are like starting to expand their practice into this maybe more theatrical or movement-based approach. And then there's a lot of like movement-based artists, dancers that are starting to be like, 
what does like see like whenever I talk about scenes to dancers to like a wet <laughs> like that like it's just like you mean a section I'm like no a scene <laughs> like the elements that go into a scene are different than like a dance section and so I feel like there's that growth edge there for dancers and there's also just like we you, you know Kat and I will go on for days about this but like there's drag is hypnotizing people are just like really curious to like embody that and to be inside of that practice um so there's a lot of folks that are like i am just very curious to be in this make sure makeup workshop and just to like find out what my persona is and and see what happens to my physicality when i have a face full of insane makeup like that that is a very luring um uh, thing for folks so the the workshop really the series is bringing a ton of, of folks together that I don't think um would otherwise be taking a workshop together to be honest with you um and it's exciting um and in general I feel based off of how houses went you know we have such a you know only we only have our perspective right um but it feels like there's there's a hunger for for this type of performance to be happening um there's there's been such an amazing um, turnout and and sort of community that has been built from that show, um, and I can't help but feel like that folks are really craving more of that here. From a performer perspective, like I know tons of performers that are like, if you need a job, let me know. <laughs> like there's that happening. There's audiences that are like, when's the next show? Or like, what do you, what are, what other things like that are happening? Kat and I are kind of like scratching our heads. Like, well, when we find out more, well, you know, like people are starting to do like their, their, their sort of immersive projects at varying scales, you know, but we're, Kat and I are really trying to like, like what, what does going big look like here in the Bay? Like how does like mm. moving into a building or taking over these, like these experiences really like um, making an impact in the economy here in the city into the art landscape here. Like that feels like the kind of splash we want to be making and not just the sort of like putting all of our effort into creating like a weekend long thing that our closest friends can benefit from. So we're trying yeah. to like reach a larger pool of folks with these like big bigger splashes you know i don't know Kat, if you have any reflections yeah on yeah i mean i'm just like i'm just thinking also about like other theater theater movement and devised folks that we know who have also been in practice in some ways with like site-specific shows and immersive totally. in varying degrees like seth eisen has done you know multiple walking tours out in the world in north beach in the heat in soma and Jenny McAllister with 13 Floors doing like immersive theater at the Mint. And so it feels like, okay, there are, you know, other folks that we know that we've been in conversation with are doing things like this. And and it also, I'm tying that with also like Eric was saying, we've, Detour has been bringing in expertise from other parts of the, the states, you know? And I think with this workshop, we're trying to to yeah, provide like access to kind of professional conversations around immersive theater and practice and offer that to San Francisco because it, it doesn't feel like that kind of education or learning from each other. There hasn't been an avenue for that, you know, like Eric has been bringing in guest artists because we don't have that kind of knowledge or access to that knowledge locally 
Um, and so I think that, that this workshop is, has been the kind of first experiment in just offering offering access to that kind of knowledge, you know, to that kind of conversation, because there hasn't been quite that, that train. You have to go elsewhere to kind yeah. of, to get that knowledge, to get that training. Well, and it feels like this is a really fantastic moment for this kind of thing to be happening in the Bay and for, for what you've done to like bring these folks in. And, and I got to say, like, not a lot of folks do bring in outside practitioners. Like we, we did some of that in LA, you know, pre pandemic. And that was always like pretty successful. Like we had third rail come out, you know, once. And there was also some folks like in town that we were starting to like build up, uh, you know, get them to share some of their practice. And I've become more and more aware of, you know, what it takes to codify this stuff and, and, you know, who can actually sort of teach or, or, or what practices, you know, what people, what people would get excited about if we like brought somebody in, you know, from, from somewhere. Um, and, and then watching when you do one of, you know, when you do a workshop series or you do a one-off, how that often then echoes out and you get people experimenting and doing more work or we do this thing called the invitational here uh, where we kind of do a 48 hour film festival like of just devising immersive pieces that just like mm-hmm. really quick and dirty. It's just like start on Friday, show on Sunday, done. Yeah, uh, love it. And, and and some great stuff has has emerged from that. Like some real surprising and and just giving people the space and the time to play. Um and and then what can come after that uh can be can be really incredible. So I'm just I'm so grateful that you're doing the workshops that you're taking this approach to the work that you're you're taking the time to bring people in and being just so damn thoughtful about how to to forge this because like that that low and slow cooking like is what often makes the most spectacular work uh and it's just such a relief to know that that someone's working on that time scale. And I think I, I may have intimated some of that stuff before, but I just want to reiterate that, you know, um, like it is really good to see the the way in which you're working on all this stuff. Oh, thanks. Yeah. We're, we feel very like juiced and like fed by this type of work. Like you were saying earlier, it's like nerding out on this stuff. Like that is so how we view this practice and we love being in community with folks spending time, like mapping out the agenda for the workshop and spending like hours being like, what is this twilight aristocracy show? Like, what are the characters? What are the rooms? What are like, we love doing that. And then bringing it that bringing it down into the community level where it's like this, we want to create our ecosystem. We want to create the sort of like the space for us to celebrate each other and to like skill share. Like Kat said so beautifully, like it just, it, 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 there's, there's a clear space for us to fill in, you know, and, and we're, we're really fed by this work. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for the shout out. Of course. Well, thank you both for kicking off the, new year of episodes with us this week and i'm encouraging everyone if there's still is there still space left in any of the workshops are you sold out at this point um there's a if if you're good to us you can send us a little message but we're we're effectively sold out um (laughs) but if if you're nice you can send us a little message 
All right. Only if you're nice, send a little message. If you're nice and good and desperate. Uh, other than that, uh, something tells me maybe maybe uh, you'll you'll wind up doing something like this again in in the not too distant. Um, so, mm-hmm. and everyone should keep an eye on 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 that, and also keep an eye on what's going on with the Twilight aristocracy. So, Cat Eric, thank you both so much. Thank you, Noah. Yeah, thank you so much, Noah. Happy New Year. Once again, I want to thank Kat and Eric for being our guests on the show this week. Check out everything that Detour has going on at DetourDance.com. You'll also find that in the show notes, along with links to the meetups and all the other stuff that's going on right now. Um, you you might be listening to this walking around worlds in play. <laughs> Don't know why you'd be doing that, but if for some reason you are come say hi to me uh or hopefully you did say hi to me maybe you're listening to this after you were at worlds in play uh, and you're like oh yeah i said i said hi to noah well well this is this is me telling you to tell past you see it's a little loop there um and uh i i'm i'm in this weird bouncy mood because i'm recording this at like 10 o'clock at night on tuesday because it's a travel week and yada yada and uh i don't know um, I, I, the whole bit where I like ad libbed about SummerSlam just got me all jazzed up. Uh, I don't, I don't know why it just, I, I was looking at, I'll tell you why I, I was looking at all the stuff we've done. I'm looking at the stuff we're about to do. I'm, I'm looking at the stuff that we're, we're going to be able to announce soon. And, uh, it just started to feel like, <laughs> like it was, it was the wrestling calendar. Oh man. Um, maybe, maybe I watched a fair amount of dark side of the ring, uh, over, over the break. Um, I also played Alan Wake two over the break, which is absolutely incredible. And, uh, um, I wish I could get the people at remedy on the show. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I should just try. I should just try really. Um, cause there's, there's a whole like, you know, there's kind of a, a, a reference to sleep no more in the whole thing. There's a whole level set in, in an immersive theater, um, venue. Uh, I'll put it that way. And just the way they play with, with space and time and just thinking about stuff. It's, it's all, it's very much, it's very much, uh, an us thing. Uh, and that game is very much a me thing. I've, I've long loved the games from the folks at remedy. So, uh, that, that goes a long way there too. All right. Enough of that. Uh, let's get you into the rest of your weekend or week or whenever it is you might be listening to this. Uh, and I will see you back here. Uh, you know, the next time you download, uh, the associate producer of this podcast is Parker Sella. Music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society and Solar the Podcast. Special thanks to Siobhan O'Loughlin for voicing our intro. The No Pro Podcast is written, edited, hosted, produced, and mixed by yours truly. I'm Noah Nelson, and until next time, I'll see you at the show.